Ephesians chapter 4. Verse 1. Actually, we'll go to verse 17. It says, With the Lord's authority I say this, live no longer as Gentiles do or unbelievers. Look at the person next to you say, don't live like an unbeliever. For they are hopelessly confused. Their minds are full of darkness. And they wander far from the life God gives because they have closed their minds and hardened their hearts against Him. They have no sense of shame. They live for lustful pleasure and eagerly practice every kind of impurity. But that isn't what you learned about Christ. Since you've heard about Jesus and have learned the truth that comes from Him, throw off. Look at somebody and say, throw off. That sounds violent, right? It's like a tearing off, a throwing off, a discarding, a getting rid of, like dirty, old, ruggedy, stinky garments. Throw off your old sinful nature and your former way of living, your former way of life, your old practices, which is corrupted by lust and deception. And instead, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. Put on your new nature, created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. Say, I have a new nature. It's God's nature. In the book of Galatians, chapter 5, it talks about the fruit of the Spirit, and it talks about the fruit of the flesh. And you have to make a decision that you're getting rid of the old way and you're putting on the new. And I want to say this to you. Sin has covered the glory of God. Sin wants to smother and cover and hide God's glory from you. The enemy comes to deceive the mind. He comes to deceive you so that you cannot see the light. You cannot see what God has given you. You cannot see who you are. And you have to make a decision that you're no longer going to live that old life. You have to make the decision that you are stripping that garment off because it's not who you are. I can't make that decision for you. you got to do it. In Galatians chapter 5, verse 19, you have to decide who you're following. You're either following Christ or you're following your own way. You're either going to live to please your desires or you're going to live to please His desires. You're either going to live to please the selfish lusts of the flesh or you're going to live to please Jesus. You've got to decide. There is no border living. One foot in the kingdom and one foot in the flesh. You either cross over into the kingdom or you stay in the flesh. James says it this way, a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways and he'll get nothing from God. So you might as well just live in the flesh because you'll get more pleasure out of that than trying to please God and please yourself at the same time. And still end up going to hell. 
And so it says in verse 19, and it lays it out very clear, practically, what this looks like. If you see yourself or other people living this way, you can immediately tell if they're following their personal desires or if they're following Jesus. You can see it in their way of life. You can hear it in their voice. You can see it all over them. Yeah, I'll say that. God sees the secret things you do that you think nobody sees. So you can hide from people, but you cannot hide from the Lord. The eyes of the Lord see, and He knows. Verse 19, when you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. Sexual immorality. Now you got to decide, am I, am I throwing this off or Lord, I'm going to keep this one. Impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry. They had idols that they worship, but Jesus says, if you are greedy, you're a lover of the things of this world and you're an idol worshiper. Sorcery, practicing magic, practicing all these things to try and actualize and make things come to pass in your own strength. Hostility, quarreling. If you're fighting all the time, you just got a bickering, quarreling spirit on the inside of you, always looking for a fight. Jealousy. Jealousy is a destructive spirit. Jealousy gives way to the spirit of death. Outbursts of anger. Selfish ambition. Dissension. Division. I want to caution you. No, that's not strong enough. As your pastor, I command you. That sounds better. Stay out of fights on social media and giving your two cents. Stay the hell away from that. Because it's division. And wherever you see division, you see the work of Satan. He comes to divide and he comes to destroy. So he gets you to pick a side against someone else. And if you let that get into your heart, your faith will be shipwrecked. And your opinion on social media from your couch doesn't change anything. I'll say it again. Stay the hell away from it. It is not your fight. And the devil wants to suck you into an argument that's going to pull you into depression and judgment and anger. And then you round up a posse. Can you believe what they said, how they think? Who cares? The only thing that matters is what God thinks. Don't get caught up in the stuff in this world. 
Every movement out there causing division is being stirred and funded by the devil. Be a peacemaker. Envy. Looking at what everybody else has and desiring it. Drunkenness. Yeah, that's what it says. Wild parties and other sins like these. Let me tell you again, as I have before, that anyone, that includes you, living that kind of life will not, say will not, inherit the kingdom of God. So what God has stored up for you as an inheritance, these things are thieves that keep you out of your inheritance. When you act in that way and you use this temple for the enemy to work through you in this way, you are allowing Satan access to your members, to this temple. And this temple is not a temple for sin. This is a temple of holiness where God is supposed to live and His glory is supposed to reside. And one moment you're letting the glory come into the temple and another moment you're letting sin and defilement come into the temple. And the Bible says that this is not who you are. This is clothing that you can strip off. Look at the person next to you and say, you are not those things. You're not a drunk. It's not who you are. You don't pick fights. You're a peacemaker. I'm not a trouble starter. I dissolve issues. I come into the midst of a storm and I bring peace. That's who I am. I speak order into chaos. You're not jealous. You're a blessing. You don't envy what other people have. You are happy for what they have. And you are blessed because they're blessed. Because you know if God's blessing them, God will bless you. You're not selfish. You're not about your agenda. You're about the kingdom's agenda. You're not practicing any form of witchcraft or manipulation. You don't care to go read horoscopes. You don't care to go see Madame Maria to look into the crystal ball and have your tarot cards read. What does the fortune cookie have for me today? Stay the hell away from the fortune cookie. That's the theme of today's message. Stay the hell away. Because it comes from hell. If you're getting offended by the word hell, you don't want to go there because it's flaming. He said hell. It's a place. I think there's hell, Texas, too. Or Arizona. Where is that place? It's Texas. It's a city called hell. Who wants to live in hell? I ain't living there. You couldn't pay me to live in hell. Trying to get people out of hell. We should, have, we should have evangelists stand outside the city of hell and say, no. 
Don't go to hell. Don't even drive through hell. Stay the hell away from hell. He said, hell too many times. I'm leaving. Fine. The bills are paid. People with that attitude don't give anyway, so. Their finances look like hell too. Debt up to their eyeballs, every credit card maxed. If that's you today, God wants to deliver you from debt that you cannot get out of. I feel an anointing on that thing. Verse 22. Look at somebody and tell them, this is who you are. This is your new nature. If you'll strip off the old one, this is what's underneath it. This is what will come forth if you'll just strip off the old. Love. Joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. That's the Holy Ghost on the inside of you. And if you want to see the Holy Ghost produce those fruits, you've got to strip off the old. You got to say, I'm done with the old way of living. And that means if you say you're done with it, then you're done with it. You walk away from it. No, I don't think you heard me. If you're, if you're, because I'm going to do a call here in a minute, I'm going to give you an opportunity to strip it. But you don't come to the altar and say, God, I'm giving this up. And then you walk out and then you go continue in it. You separate yourself from the situation, you separate yourself from the people. You strip it off, you throw it away, and you move forward. And if you care about what they think, you'll stay trapped. You have to get away from those elevators taking you down. you got to get away from those places that entice you and pull you back into the old way. you got to walk away from the people that want to remind you of who you were in your last season. And you got to stop playing around with that old life, entertaining it. you got to cut ties and walk away. I'm your pastor. Cut those ties and walk away. Some of you on this side didn't hear it. I said cut the string controlling your emotions, controlling your life, Snip that umbilical cord that's pulling on your emotions, causing you to be up and down and up and down, one foot in, one foot out. Disconnect from it. Stop whining and crying. Why isn't God coming through? Because you don't choose. Walk away. Leave Egypt. Leave sin. Leave death. Walk away. Jesus set you free. The prison door is open. 
But you got to decide what you want. Leave it behind. Leave your depression behind. Leave your doubts behind. Leave your anger behind. Leave your judgment behind. Leave your sickness behind. That's what I said. Stop claiming that you have the disease. Stop agreeing that it belongs to you. Disconnect from it with your mouth. Say what the Word of God says. 1 Peter 2.24. Let me read it to you. You're getting something out of this. Say, why are you so angry? I'm not angry. I've never been happier. But I'm sick and tired of you living in misery. I'm sick and tired of you living in debt. I'm sick and tired of you living in the traps of the enemy. And it's time for you to get out of it. And today's the day. I said, today's the day of your salvation. But you got to make decisions. I am done with it. I am cutting it. I'm going to bring it to the cross. I'm going to nail it there. And I'm walking away from it. And I'm going to pick up my new nature in Christ Jesus. And I'm moving forward with God. Come out of the pit. Come out. of You've been going around the same mountain. Around and round and round. You've dug a ditch so deep with your tire tracks. You can't even see level ground. Come out of it. The heavenly tow truck is coming. It's going to pull you out. Say, I'm coming out today. Look at somebody and say, today's my day. I'm stripping off the old. I'm putting on the new. Let me, let me read this quickly. Number one, your love is covered by hate. That's what the enemy wants to do. He wants to cover the love of God with hate. Joy is covered by depression. You've got to strip off depression. Peace is covered by conflict. Strip off conflict. Patience is covered by impatience. Strip off impatience. Kindness is covered by cruelty. Strip off cruelty. Goodness is covered by wickedness. Strip off wickedness. Gentleness is covered by violence. Strip off violence. Faithfulness is covered by faithlessness. Doubt and unbelief. Strip it off today. Self-control is covered by chaos. Strip it off today. It is not who you are. It is not your portion. It is from the old life. It's part of the curse. It's part of the enemy's plan to steal, kill, and destroy. And you are new in Christ Jesus. And you have to strip off that old way. You have to walk away from the people that are holding you captive in that. And you've got to start moving forward with God. Can I get an amen? amen. Say, I'm stripping it off. Where are you walking? You're walking into God's presence. You're going to walk into the kingdom. And you're going to grab hold of your inheritance. I was praying this morning. I don't know what I was doing. I wasn't even praying. I was just I was making coffee in the kitchen here. Because I don't have a kettle in the house. So I had to make coffee here. And I was just standing there. Singing that joy song. And then I had a vision right in the kitchen. 
Almost fell over right there making coffee. I don't know what's going on, but I'm staggering lately. Crying a lot. Shook. So, well, hurry up and tell me what happened. And the old covenants... The old covenant, what they had to do was they would have to kill an animal. The high priest, everybody say the high priest. He would dip this hyssop into the blood and he would sprinkle it on the people for the forgiveness of sins. For there is no forgiveness without the shedding of blood. Romans, I mean Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 9. It says this, the first covenant between God and Israel had regulations for worship and a place of worship here on earth. There were two rooms in that tabernacle. In the first room was a lampstand, a table and sacred loaves of bread on the table. This room was called the holy place. Then there was a curtain. Everybody say a curtain. And behind the curtain was a second room called the most holy place. That's where the manifest presence of God is. And in that room were gold, incense, altar, wooden chests called the Ark of the Covenant, which was covered with gold on all sides. And inside the Ark were the gold jar of containing manna, Aaron's staff that had sprouted leaves, and the stone tablets of the covenant. And above the Ark were the cherubim of divine glory, whose wings stretched out over the Ark's cover. And the place of atonement, everybody say atonement. But we cannot explain these things in detail now. When these things were all in place, the priests regularly entered the first room as they performed their religious duties. But only the high priest, say high priest, ever entered the most holy place and only once a year. And he always offered blood for his own sins. The priest had to offer blood for his own sins. They would put the blood on the mercy seat. If he didn't come in there with blood for his own sins, he was dead. Because as sinful men, they could not come into the presence of God without blood being shed. And I'll say this, the only way into the spirit realm is through blood. And the demonic realm used the blood of babies and animals to access the spirit. Say blood gives me access to the presence. Most holy place once a year, and he always offered blood for his own sins and for the sins of the people that they had committed in ignorance. By these regulations, the Holy Spirit revealed that the entrance to the most holy place was not freely open as long as the tabernacle and the system it represented was still in use. So as long as the old covenant was still in place, the priests would have to sacrifice animals every single year. And what would happen is the family would raise a sheep or they would raise whatever was required depending on their income status. And they would raise this baby sheep. It would grow to become a family pet. And then they would have to go to the high priest once a year. And they would lay their hands on the animal and they would confess their sins over the animal. And then the priest, these guys had knives, they would slit the throat of the animal right in front of them. And the animal took the sin, their sins, and then the blood of the animal was sprinkled on them for the forgiveness of sin. 
But the blood would only cover sin. It never dealt with the guilty conscience. And so every year they came back and confessed their sins. They were reminded year after year after year of all the sins they'd committed. And they were never free from guilt or shame or the things that they would have done. They would remain in their minds and memories. And there was a system in place where there was no freedom from sin or the things that they had done. Say Jesus. And he always offered blood for his own sins and for the sins of the people committed in ignorance. By these regulations, the Holy Spirit revealed that it was not open until this ended. This is an illustration pointing to the present time for the gifts and sacrifices that the priests offer are not able to cleanse the consciences of people who bring them. For that old system only deals with food and drink and various cleansing ceremonies, physical, say physical, that were in effect only until a better system could be established. Say a better system. Say the new covenant. Jesus brought us the new covenant. Is this true? Sealed with His blood. So Christ has now become the high priest. Say, Jesus is our high priest. Over all the good things that have come, and He has entered the greater, more perfect tabernacle in heaven, which was not made by human hands and is not part of this created world. Hold up. Wait a minute. There is... A house of worship in heaven that Jesus is the high priest of was not made by human hands. But Moses patterned the tabernacle here on earth, that tent here on earth, according to the pattern God showed him in heaven. It's a real place. With his own blood. Say his own blood. Not the blood of goats and calves. He entered the most holy place once and for all time and secured our redemption forever. Under the old system, the blood of goats and bulls and the ashes of a heifer could cleanse people's bodies from ceremonial impurity. Just think how much more the blood of Christ will purify our consciences from sinful deeds so we can worship the living God. I was standing in that kitchen this morning and I realized that Jesus has taken his blood and he has sprinkled it on me. He has marked me with his blood. I have been marked with the blood of Jesus. And because I carry the mark of the blood, I can boldly enter the presence of God because it's only by the blood that you have access. And I want us to hand out communion right now. And what you're going to be holding in your hands, and what you're going to be receiving today, is a cracker and some grape juice. Probably about three months old. So it's vintage. It's aged. It's like a fine wine. It's more robust. And what you're holding is 
remembrance of what Jesus did for you. You're remembering what He did for you, what He has given to you. In 1 Corinthians eleven twenty four, 24, it says, And when He had given thanks, He broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And in 1 Corinthians eleven twenty five, 25, He said, In the same way He took the cup after supper, saying, This is the cup of the new covenant. Say, New covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. So what I want you to understand is that when you accept Jesus Christ as your Savior, Jesus, our high priest, sprinkles his blood on you and he cleanses you. And now you have access to the presence of God. Not because of you, because of what he did. He took your sin. He took your punishment. He paid the price to give you access back into God's presence. And I'm telling you, family, the greatest place of favor is the presence of God. If you can come into the presence, you can receive your inheritance because He is your inheritance. He's everything that you need. There is no lack in heaven. There is no confusion in heaven. There is no sickness in heaven. There is no disease in heaven. There is no curse in heaven. There is no darkness in heaven because God is light and He illuminates His kingdom just by light coming out of Him. God is love. There is no hatred in heaven. There's no death in heaven. There's no lack in heaven. There's no debt in heaven. There's no poverty in heaven. There's no begging in heaven. There's only joy, peace, goodness, kindness, gentleness. Faithfulness. It's the nature of God. And when you get the Holy Ghost, see, this cleanses the temple so the Holy Spirit can come fill the temple. But family, you have to strip off the old nature and say, I'm not going to defile the temple of God anymore. you got to make the decision that you're not going to use this temple. Oh, yeah, that's good, Jesus. I like that. I'll say that. So Jesus came into the temple and he flipped over the money changers, didn't he? He said, my temple will be called a house of prayer. Is that true? Huh. That, that, that ties into Matthew chapter 6, where he says, this temple shouldn't just be used to run after the things of this world to make money. This temple should be a temple of prayer, a temple of communion with God. That's why he said, if you follow the things of this world, that's your God. you got to flip the tables on the inside of you that you'll no longer use this temple just to make money, but you'll use this temple to worship and honor God so that His presence can abide. People get angry because we sell coffee in the church. It's not what he's talking about. He's talking about using what God gave you as His temple for selfish purposes to please your own lusts. Get it clean. Strip it off. Psalm 24, who can climb the mountain of the Lord? Those with clean hands and pure hearts. How do you get clean? You come to the altar and you say, Lord, I don't want to be dirty anymore. I don't want to carry these grave clothes anymore. 
I don't want to live according to the old man anymore. I want to live new. I want everything of the curse stripped off me. And I want righteousness, robes of righteousness, garments of praise. I want a ring of authority on my finger. And only he can do that. And he wants to do it. Can you say amen? I wanted to read one more scripture, but it slipped my mind. Hallelujah. So, Father, today we put ourselves in remembrance of what you've done for us. We thank you for this bread, which represents your body. Go ahead and take your bread. And, Father, we bless this bread now to our bodies. Lord, you said that if we would judge ourselves, we would not be judged by you. So I want you to check your heart today. Is there anyone you're holding judgment against? Is there anybody that you will not forgive? The Bible says that if you refuse to forgive those who've sinned against you, your heavenly Father cannot forgive you. It didn't say will not. It says cannot. Because in the measure you judge, you will be judged. It is a principle. So I want you to check your heart, especially when it comes to the body of Christ. If you have bitterness in your heart against other believers, you need to forgive them. You need to release them. Because the Bible says that if we do not honor the body of Christ, touch your neighbor, say you're part of the body of Christ. If we do not honor the body of Christ, some have died and have become very sick. Your, your unwillingness to forgive others can keep you bound in sickness. We're talking about divine health in this season. And it's not about a man laying his hands on you. It's about divine healing that comes from heaven that floods you like a river and heals you from the inside out. That's what we're tapping into here. I had a conversation with the Lord a couple of weeks ago when he told me to talk about healing. I said, Lord, healing doesn't work for me like I read it in the Bible. I said, Lord, if you want people healed, you're going to have to help me. He said, don't worry about it. I'm the healer. I'm like, okay, God, I'll preach. You heal. I think it's a good deal. But there's no pressure on me. If he doesn't heal you, it's on him. I already had this conversation with him. I sorted it. But the train of his robe filled the temple here today, and you can touch the hem of his garment and tap healing anytime. Oh, anytime the glory of the Lord comes, anytime the presence of the Lord comes, if you will just get low and you'll grab the hem of his garment. Humble yourself and grab the hem. Push through the opinions of people. Push through what the doctors say. Push what the doubters and haters and unbelievers say. And press through all of that noise and press into what the Bible says, 1 Peter 2.24. That's what I was going to read. And it says this. Same as Isaiah 53, 4-5. Surely He has borne our griefs. And carried our sorrows. Yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. And the punishment that brought us peace was upon him. And by his stripes we are healed. When did Jesus take his 39 stripes? 2,000 years ago. When he got whipped 2,000 years ago, he paid the price for your healing. 
Look at somebody and say, Dr. Jesus has made provision for you to be healed. And the reason he wants you healed is because he doesn't want you to, he doesn't want to bring his glory into a sick temple. He doesn't want to bring his glory into a broken temple. He wants to fix the temple, make it whole. So that it reflects who he is. It represents his kingdom. Whole. Righteous. Fully restored. Blessed. So what you're holding in your hand is you are holding the blessing of the new covenant. It is a reminder of what God has done for you. And family, what am I telling you today? That you can do this at home every single day. You can do this five times a day if you need to. What you learn here, you should be practicing every single day. You should be worshiping. You should be reading your Bible. You should be praising. You should be praying. This isn't something you come to on a Sunday morning. This is supposed to be your lifestyle where you practice the presence of God, where you don't allow negativity and judgment and anger to flood your heart and take control of the temple. You keep the temple clean. Can I get an amen? Amen. Just like you take a shower every day, hopefully. You need to clean yourself spiritually every day. Before you go to bed at night, forgive those who have used you, come against you, cursed you. And you release it so you can sleep peacefully at night. The Bible says that anger gives a foothold to the devil. Do not go to bed angry because the next day the devil will have access to you. Don't give him access. Put yourself in remembrance of what God did for you. That's why the Bible says, enter his gates with thanksgiving and come into his courts with praise. Can you say thank you, Jesus? So, Father, today I thank you for the body and the blood of Jesus that was shed. He's our high priest, God. And he's not a dead priest. He's alive. He's been risen from the dead by the Holy Ghost. And that same power that raised Christ from the dead lives within us. And I thank you, Lord, that same power will quicken our physical bodies and bring restoration to spirit, soul, and body. Everything, Lord, inside and on the outside, let it be blessed because of the covenant that we have with you, Lord God. And I thank you today, Jesus. You are the mediator of this covenant, shed by your blood. You are our high priest. And I thank you today that everyone here is sprinkled with the blood and that we have access to the presence. The Bible says you can come boldly into his presence anytime to receive mercy in your time of need. So I thank you, Lord, that we're not left hopeless and abandoned, but that you are with us and you've made a way for us. And we thank you for it, God. So here's what I want you to do before we eat the bread and drink the cup. My question to you today is what are you stripping off? Because here is an exchange. The old life for the new life. But the, old, the new life doesn't come until the old life dies. Let me say that again. Until you end the old, you cannot enter into the new. And I'm going to give you an opportunity to come to the altar and bring whatever is old 
and lay it down. Galatians chapter 5 says this. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have nailed the passions and the desires of their sinful nature to the cross and crucified them there. Since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. And so family, what you do is, this is very powerful what you're holding in your hand. We're singing the songs where you make the exchange, the old for the new. But you have to decide, I'm stripping it off. And you bring it to the altar and you say, Jesus, only you and by your power can I be free from sin. You are my Savior. You are my Deliverer. You are my Healer. But you have to bring the old to Him so that He can give you the new. That's the power of the cross. And so what is it that you're laying down today? What are you giving up today? What are you walking away from today? Can we stand? And right where you're standing now before the Lord, I want you to make a decision. Nothing happens until you decide and have a conversation with Jesus. Say this, say, Lord Jesus, I stand before you today. And there's still grave clothes that I'm wearing of the old man. And I don't want to carry that anymore. Now, whatever it is that you're still carrying, that you want to get rid of, that you want to strip off, that you want to throw away, give it to Him. You say, how do I do it? You confess it. You say, Lord, please forgive me for what I've done. And you know very well what you've done. Because your conscience is guilty in that area. You say, Lord, I need your grace. I need your mercy. Please forgive me, God. 1 John 1 verse 9 says that if you'll confess your sins, He's faithful and just to forgive you and cleanse you of all unrighteousness. Yeah, I feel the chains breaking right now. I feel them. There they go. They're popping. As you're asking the Lord to forgive you. He sees your heart. He already knows what you're hiding. Just say, Lord, I'm tired of carrying this. I can't carry this burden no more. There's stains. I see stains being removed right now. The blood of Jesus cleanses stains. Stains of guilt, stains of sin are being removed from you today. As you confess them, they come out. They no longer have a place to reside and abide because it's a temple. It's a temple. And Jesus died for you to be free from that old man, that old life. So, Father, I thank you now as people are releasing it. Say, I receive forgiveness. You opened up my eyes to so much more. I saw the scene and shadow. The moment you came down and hit the floor. My failure did.